All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Thanks for joining us here on a nice Friday afternoon. Tim's in his shorts. He's got his French doors open in his house because he's so rich. He's feeling good. Tim, I've never seen you so happy like this. How you doing, John? You buried the lead a little bit. You got a haircut. It looks, <laughs> I didn't it looks get, nice. You know so who I, I went to? And that's not a, that's not news. Do you know who I went to? Um, the guy who messaged you saying, come to the Plamondon or uh, Slab Street, uh, or he was he the bulldog? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, The message you got after you complained about the last haircut. I went there out of necessity because my usual spot is booked until Tuesday, and I don't have time. I have a daddy-daughter dance this weekend. So my uh, daughter's school, they have a dance for the daddies and the daughter. And I'm a daddy, which is creepy to say, but I am. <laughs> And um, I'm taking four of the kids. Last year, I took six, but I drew the line because it was too much. So I'm only taking four. I remember that. And how was the Last place? Last year, got out of hand. What's that? Go ahead. The haircut place. Do you like it? What do you think? It looked fantastic. So it looks if, good. if you're not watching on YouTube, you're doing yourself a disservice because I am looking hot. Looking good. I'm, sh- I'm looking so good, I'm shaking the camera because my my vibes are just out there right now. But anyways. Feeling good. You know who else is feeling good? The guys at the All-Star Game. It's a big weekend. I got a couple text messages because yesterday was the anniversary of one. I got lifted onto the shoulders of the guys and won the MVP in 2016. It's cool. The picture I got, all four guys are still playing and they're still very, very good players. It was Giordano, Taylor Hall, Brent Burns, and Joe Pavelski. Not bad. Pretty good crew. Not bad. Anyways, All-Star Draft. Should we touch on that or do you want to do Give Better? Let's talk about the draft just because it's it's top of mind right now. Um, so the, the thing was last night, and you texted me like, hey, are you watching this? Because it was like 6.30. It wasn't even on my it radar that it would start yet. I, I That was mm-hmm. my fault, I guess. But like, it's on the East Coast. It's in Toronto. I'm not East Coast, but Eastern Time. Like, why would it start so early? Whatever. I missed half of it. I turned it on and a little underwhelmed, I guess, would be fair to say. I think that's a... a- pretty strong assessment of it it was everything the setup was very nice the stage the benches the lighting everything aesthetically was pleasing to look at i love that they had skates on too like they were on the ice that was really cool 
outside of that, and I'm I'm trying to like take the good from this. You know what I mean? I'm trying to spin a positive on it, but it just seemed like there was no energy. The the hosts were just very ho hum about it. There wasn't any life from anybody other than Michael Bublé, and we'll get to him in a second. <laughs> but it was just kind of we we were texting back and forth, and I said, "Why don't they have us host?" We could ask questions. We could ask stuff that would be interesting for the listeners and the people in the audience. Because the poor people in the audience, they just sit there for three hours and just like listen to these players who are just completely not engaged. They don't want to be there. It's not fun for them. Like have us there. We would ask interesting questions, saying like, "Hey, um, Austin Matthews, why don't you want Brady Kachuk on your team? Did you hate him?" With stuff like that, like, like, yeah, make, put them on the spot a little bit and have fun with it. But no, they they get two TSN hosts, and it's just so it was uh boring. Yeah, yeah. Well, the question like Bucci asked McDavid, like, hey, what does it mean to play in Toronto? You grew up in the area, and you're getting what do you think he's going to say? Oh, it's it's unbelievable. You know, family and friends here. Grew up a Leafs fan. It's pretty special. Yeah. Like them, you you would ask him like, all right, Connor, there's a few guys left. Who do you not want in your team? Yeah, who, who do you think, who do, who's going to go last? Do you think? You know, like well, I would like have ripped Austin fun. Matthews. I'm like, why are you picking your whole team? You play with them every day. Are you that yeah. afraid to talk to somebody else? And like, if uh, it's just, I wish we would have had the draft when I was a captain. I would have had fun with it. I would have picked like all defensemen and just like, or just something, something wacky like I do. You know what I mean? Like, maybe I'm so wacky. All the shortest but, so guys just, out there. Just picked all the goalies. So no one's left <laughs> with the goalie. <laughs> you can't do that. I'm doing it. I'm taking all the goalies. Um, but all in all, very like the setup was tremendous. I really enjoyed it. I think maybe they started early because the uh, NFL had their Pro Bowl stuff going on, so they didn't want to overlap maybe. But, yeah, strange, strange time. And the thing that's getting the most press right now is the press conference after the draft for the team captains. There was Will Arnett. There was Michael Blue Blay. There was some girl. I don't know who it is. And then there was somebody else. I don't know. Justin Bieber. Bieber. Yeah. Bieber doesn't – he didn't look like he was having fun at all. He's just sitting there the whole time. Justin, what do you think he, of the draft so far? Yeah, it's fun. That's what he said. It's fun. <laughs> now, what, is he still a singer? Like, does he actually put out music now, or is he, like, done with that? I, I think it, that's a good – I think he does. I don't know. I really don't know. I, I was never a follower of his music. But, yeah, he's there. He's all in because he designed the atrocious jerseys, I think. Didn't he? <laughs> I don't know. Let's get to the, the conference. Aren't the those jerseys there. terrible, though? I like I liked the use of colors and that there were like four distinct colors because I hate when it's like white Correct. and orange and then yeah. orange and white. You can barely tell them apart in the eyes, you know? Um, but yeah, the design I didn't love. But I'm not like a jersey guy anyway. Like when these like stadium series jerseys get released and everyone comments, I'm, I, I don't care. I really don't. I, do, I, will, um, I will say this. The last um, outdoor game between L.A. and I can't remember who it was. The jerseys were on point. Loved them. I like this year's stadium, the the Subway Series they're having in New York. I think it's the Islanders, the Devil. I like all those jerseys. People were upset about the Islanders jerseys, how it says Isles. I kind of like that. I think it was kind of neat. But let's get to the star of the show. It's Michael Buble. So I've met Michael Buble. I met him like Tim met Gronk. We were in a press box together, like a suite. He came and did a concert, and he's a big hockey guy. So he came into the suite, and I was there. I don't think I talked to him. I don't think I touched him. But we're best friends based on Tim's so scale like of like how, how close you have to be not like to Tim become Gronk, best friend. Then. Okay. That being said, they do the press conference after, and he lets this nugget drop. Well, would you have the exact quote? Because I don't. He mentions... 
his friend gave him a micro dose of mushrooms and now he's feeling it or something to, to that extent. Whereas like it was messing with him. Yeah. What were your thoughts like, when you saw this? My friend told me it was a microdose, but it, it wasn't because he's going on and on about fantasy hockey because he made one comment during the draft of like, oh, this team's a lot like my fantasy hockey team. I really like it. But they asked him about that and he talked for like, it's only like 30 seconds, but it's 20 seconds longer than it should be. He's kind of droning on about his multiple teams and multiple leagues. Then he's like, man, wow, I thought this was a microdose, but it's not. And then he makes a joke about how he thought he was on uh, – what is that movie that uh, Ice Blades or Fury or whatever when with Will Will um, Ferrell Blades of Glory? Oh That's yeah, what it is. Blades, of, Blades Glory. of Glory. He's like, I thought it was Blades of Glory out there. It's just I can't believe Will Arnett tried to jump in and you know save him. I couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. Okay, um, two things. First, the reaction he's getting is it just shows me where the state of our society is everybody's unless i'm missing it everyone's like it's so funny the best part of the draft was the press conference am i missing that or are there are there other takes on this no that's what it is yeah that is shocking to me that it's just so normalized now for someone to openly say that they're tripping out on psychedelic mushrooms and then everybody's happy about it it just maybe i'm so out of touch with what's normal in today's world that struck me as like, wow, because like, I expected to, to the reaction to be like another stain on the NHL, another thing that's going to put them down a peg versus the other big four, because he, he, one of your celebrity coaches for the NHL draft was high on drugs. That's not great. The optics there, if I'm Gary Bettman, if I'm anybody else, that's not great. I don't understand why there's no pushback on this. Right? I just, I, I, I don't understand that. I think it's a little bit of both. I think you are a little bit out of touch just because in the last even two to three, five years, like there's way more interest in learning in just the general population about psychedelics. The stigma around like the war on drugs has sort of lifted a little bit. And we don't have to go down this rabbit hole, but it's just something I have listened to podcasts about. And I think it's very interesting. And so people aren't shocked by someone taking psilocybin mushrooms anymore the way they would have been five or 10 years ago. I don't think it's a, a knock against the NHL. I think the only person that's hurt is Buble and, and not in public sense, more like Batman's like, okay, well, we're done with him. You know, like, obviously we can't trust him in this moment. So, because Batman was probably personally embarrassed and I bet he got a couple of calls from people that didn't like it and, and he had to apologize or whatever. But I don't think this hurts anyone except for maybe Buble's image with the league, but not with the public, I don't think. That's my no, take right it, now. it increases his image with the public. I guess I, I just, I don't know. It really, I was like, this is what we're at now? Like, we can't just do this. I get having a couple beers and not, not being drunk, but just like having a good time. But like, he's, you can tell when you go back and you watch it, like he's tripping. Like he's not there. Like it's something's going, like he's trying to hold it together. It just, it the just image, really was interesting to me. Him on the ice, knowing during that draft and he's imagining himself in that figure skating movie is just so funny to me. I oh my gosh, I love that. It's so. It's funny. like um, remember when those South Park guys they got invited to the Grammys because they made a song called "Blame Canada," and they did no. a bunch of stuff before they went to the Grammys, and the same thing they were just like tripping on the red carpet. So it's just, 
I, I get it's fun. It's it's a neat little thing, but it's just like if you're a professional league, like you have to have some standards. And to, to me, that was just maybe I'm a little jealous that I wanted to be in his position. Who knows? But I was just like, this is normal now. I think that's what struck me the most is everyone was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to the draft. I don't understand. I just don't understand. You know what the best thing that's ever happened to me is give better, Tim. Because when I lose, I still win. When you're losing, you're winning. So it's a win-win. So you should do that too. Go to give better, place a bet. If you lose your bet, you still 25% goes to charity. But guess what? It's it, You don't even have to lose any money now. You just win for free. Now until the Super Bowl, you have a chance to win $100 from our friends at Give Better. All you have to do, you download the app, go to givebetter.app slash DTG. You pick five things. There's players. They It's like a fantasy. Check it out. It's very fun. If, you, if you're on Twitter, if you're on Tinder, if you're on dating apps, if you do fantasy, whatever, hockey, baseball, basketball, football, they do it all. Check it out. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Two more winners won yesterday, Brian and Jamie banking $100. Every day, people message us saying we're winners. So check it out and you get the money. There's no strings attached. You don't have to give them any information. You just go and you win $100 if you can nail five straight picks. So check it out. It's it's a it's a legit thing, right, Tim? It's US dollars too. Someone asked that. So one of, the, one of the guys in Canada won and he ordered my book, by the way. And he's like, now, now I'm winning $100 US dollars. So it's paying for the book and he's getting 100 Canadian with it. So it's the difference. It's pretty cool. It's very cool. So check it out. Again, go to givebetter.app slash DTG to get yourself some cold, hard cash. You got to do it quick. There's only two weeks left. Once the Super Bowl hits, the deal's gone. You have no chance of winning free money. Then you get to start betting and giving your winnings to a good cause because 25% of all your losses goes to charity, which is unheard of. Essentially unheard of in the gambling industry. It's responsible gambling. Give better. Fantastic company. You know who's going to have to maybe start gambling? They make some money now. Is Todd McClellan. Former, underline former breaking news coach of the Los Angeles Kings. He got gassed today. Very, um, not shocking. But I did say, I think on Monday that if there was one coach who could write the ship, it would be him. I wasn't worried about the LA Kings. Apparently, Rob Blake thinks differently than I do. He's very concerned. He did not like where the team was heading. Last month, they've been one of the worst teams in the NHL. So he's making a change while they're still in a playoff position, while there's still time to recover. Axing Todd McClellan, who's been there for, I want to say, five years or so, no. three years. Yeah. Bringing in Jim Hiller to take over on an interim basis. What's been going on, Tim? Did you see this coming? Give us a breakdown on L.A. Well, we saw it coming. The timing's a little strange, only because they ended up winning their last game before the break. And you would have thought, heading into the break, obviously heavy discussions. He knows his job's on the line. It's not like that wing gets him in the clear. But you think like him and Blake and the management are like, working it out day by day, building a plan for the second half. Um, and then he gets fired, you know, a couple of days later. So I wonder why, what that decision was like and what those, what happened during the, like that 48 hours that the, it delayed for that long. Um, but not a surprise, it, you know, we kind of knew this was coming. And so Jim Hiller, who's been in the organization for a little bit, he's an assistant coach, takes over on the interim basis. He'll be there for the rest of the season, at least. Um, what's interesting too, is McClellan has already paid through next year. And the way the coaches work with those contracts, he's still going to get paid regardless. So they owe him that money. And um, I don't know. I, I think it's I. the Kings are a better team than, they're, than they have been lately, obviously. They're in the second wildcard spot or first wildcard spot after, I think, only three wins in January. So something had to change. 
I guess the only thing that was a little surprising was the timing, but hopefully they write the ship now. Yeah, we'll see. It's not like a new coach is coming in from outside the system and he's going to have a different voice. You would think this Jim Hiller is going to echo what Todd McClellan has been preaching. So maybe there's a, a few minor tweaks, but when you hire from within or you promote someone from within, it's essentially the same systems. Like a, uh, I would be shocked if they came out and were a different team. That's the only thing. So I, I don't know if this makes that big of a difference a la when the St. Louis Blues brought in Craig Berube, who was outside the system, or when another coach comes in and just changes everything right off the gate. Right off the gate. And then, yeah, it is strange timing. Well, they must have known he was getting fired at the All-Star break. That was probably a good time. Get rid of McClellan. Players are gone. They can kind of get his office cleaned out. This new guy comes in, gets set, ready to go. It's it's a good time. The, the rink is empty for three days. So it makes sense. But, yeah, talk about, like, don't let the door hit you. You win your last game. I wonder if Todd knew before this. It's it's an interesting question for Rob Blake that we'll never find out the answer to. But, yeah, do you see them making a pushback? Is there is there time for – there's time, yes. But do you think they have it in them to kind of jump back in the Stanley Cup contention? They do. The bigger question for me is the eight and a half million fourth line player. So maybe Hiller's focus, maybe he gets something more or different, but hopefully more out of Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think that's where like the biggest change can come. If you have a similar coach, you know, doing a similar system, you're not going to see the team just become a different team. But a lot of that interpersonal stuff, if I'm sure Hiller, um, is that his name? Yeah, Hiller is going to talk to Dubois. I mean, he'll talk to all the guys, but... Dubois has got to be the top of the list of like, hey, man, like we got to get something going. We believe in you, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe they start seeing him in the top six again to give him some new opportunity and build his confidence a little bit. I think that's probably his focus in my expectation more than the entire team looking a little bit different because of this change. I think you're right. We'll see. We'll see moving forward. Something had to change there. I coached under, played under Todd McClellan, good coach, but yeah. Old school guy. Obviously, the message got wore a little thin there. Breaking news, Tim. I don't even think you know about this. The NHL has just announced that they won't be having an All-Star game next year in 2024. They're sh- 2025, excuse me. They're shifting that to a new best-on-best best tournament. So they're going to have four teams, Canada, the USA, Finland, and Sweden. Strange. There's a lot of good players coming from other countries that won't be included in this. Maybe they'll make some allowances for other players a la Nikita Kucherov from Russia, Igor Shosturkin from Russia, other teams. That being said, it's a best-on-best during the All-Star break, and then they have announced that in 2025 there will be a Four Nations tournament. That's what that best-on-best is, and now they're returning to the Olympics in 2026. So good news all around. Change up the All-Star format. Going back to the Olympics, I think that's a good thing. They didn't participate in 2022 because of the COVID thing. But, hey, big news. Is this the tournament that they're talking about happening in Boston and Montreal, the two locations for this best on best thing? I, I read a little bit about that earlier, and it seems strange to me that you'd have a, a, a international tournament in Boston, and the best player in Boston wouldn't be there. Boston, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. But whatever, I, I don't. I, those things don't do that much for me. I don't, I don't get that excited about these little international tournaments, unless it's the Olympics. Really, that's really the only thing for me. This is the one that's associated with Boston, Montreal. So yeah. it's a strange circumstance, but we'll see how it goes. It's it's something new. The All-Star game has grown stale because they stopped letting me go. And they <laughs> had to change they had to change it up, obviously. So we'll see how it works out. But yeah, there's so many other good players. I don't know why they wouldn't do regions instead of just four countries. 
right? And why Finland and Sweden? Like, I mean, why not just do Scandinavia? Top, yeah, no, yeah, that's fair. But those are the top and then you four can countries, have unless if they're not Scandinavia, do a Europe or an Eastern Europe, and you can have yeah, Russia, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Latvia. All those players could go. So it just doesn't make sense. Then Canada, USA. That that to me makes the most sense. But what the do I know? Be stacked, yeah. They would be very fun to watch. It would, it would be great. I'm excited for this. I think the best on best is great. I love the World Cup of Hockey in 2016. I think they did it. That was a lot of fun to watch. The players really, really got after it on that. But all right, moving on here. There was a trade. One of, if not the biggest trade pieces approaching the trade deadline was Elias Lindholm from the Calgary Flames. We talked about it last show. What is Craig Conroy going to do? Well, he has moved his biggest piece to him. Elias Lindholm has gone to the Vancouver Canucks. Second trade involving these two GMs. Obviously, they acquired Nikita Zadorov earlier this year. We had uh, Nikita on. He was very happy to go to Vancouver from Calgary. And now he's getting his old running mate, Lindholm, who is a very solid centerman. What this does for Vancouver, it vaults them into the premier Stanley Cup contender right now. They are number one in my books. They're killing it this year. I think they're third in the league, maybe second in the league. Now they have picked up this guy who will slot in maybe second or third line center. This is a dangerous team. I want to get your grades on this. How do you think Craig Conroy did out on this trade? Because this is his number one guy. I know Noah Hannafin is good. He's got some you know assets on the back end, but this was the, the creme de la creme. You had to nail it on this pick. How do you think he did on this, this trade, Tim? At first, I thought he didn't get enough, and I'm like, geez, like that's all it took? Because don't you think that more teams would have been in on that if that was the price? But the more I read about it, and you know, you're getting Kuzmenko, who's a guy that was a 30, what, 37 goals last year, something like that, and hasn't quite lived up to that this year. So maybe you get a little bit back to that number. Maybe you don't. The pick that's really the kind of the gold chip in this deal, and I, I'm, I'm sure I'm saying this wrong, but this defenseman, Bruce DeWitt, yeah. he's a 19-year-old kid. He's in the OHL right now. Through 47 games, he has 61 assists, which is most in the league, 69 total points. He's a defenseman. He's 19 years old. Uh, third in the league in scoring. Scouts are comparing him to Adam Fox. I read an article this morning that was comparing him to uh, Brant Clark, who was that kid from the Kings that was dominating the OHL two years ago. Um, so just stellar, stellar offensively. The knock on him right now is just he has some gaps in his defensive game. His play without the puck, still a lot of work to do there, but the offensive upside is already there. So he's a very, very good young defenseman. It's something a lot to be, to be excited about if you're Calgary. Um, and the other pieces I think are okay. You know, they get a pick as well. So I thought it was a good trade for both teams. I would give them both a solid A minus, A to A even. Yeah, I think Calgary comes out pretty good. I think we're, we're underselling Kuzmenko a little bit here. I think he's a solid player. He obviously, he, it was a sweepstakes for him coming out of Russia two years ago. Everybody wanted a piece of him. He settled for Vancouver, lit it up last year, played fantastic, even though Vancouver struggled. I think he had 70 plus points. In 80 games, he's struggling this year maybe to adjust to Rick Tockett's style of play. That's what it is. Which is a little, little more accountable. So he's going to go to a Calgary team where he can just just go. They 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 have no system. I don't want to say they have no systems. But they're not in the same position as Vancouver is when they're, you know, in first place in the West, potentially. And they're, they're really gunning, running, and gunning. So he's going to have all the rope to do whatever he wants. He can be creative. He can take chances. He can go – if I'm playing fantasy, I'm going out and I'm picking up Andre Kuzmenko. This guy's going to light it up. He's going to all of a sudden just go on a tear, calling it now. And then, yeah, the defenseman, Tim. This guy is going to be a difference maker from, all, from what we've heard. 
So obviously, if I'm Craig Conroy, I'm getting a piece for now in Kuzmenko. Then I'm getting a piece for a few years from now, which I can control in this Brustowicz. If he pans out, even if he's a 3-4 defenseman who's a puck-moving guy, and that's the way the league shifted, you want these fleet-footed defensemen who can get some points, jump up in the rush. There's not many of them out there who can make a difference. So why wouldn't you? When you look at their defense, Calgary's right now, it's good. It's NHL caliber. Not a whole lot of really threatening defensemen on the offensive end. Yeah, I know Anderson and Hannafin and Uyghurs having a good year. Is there someone who really scares you offensively? No. No. And I'm not I'm not talking like a Quinn Hughes. I'm not talking to Roman Yossi, but just a guy who can really move the puck and make some plays and just make your forwards more dangerous. I, I don't see that on their roster. They just have a lot of solid NHL caliber defensemen who are really good defensively and, and can chip in offensively now and then. This guy could change that. He could be a big part of this team moving forward. So I like this trade by Conrad. I, I think it's good. And then, obviously, for Vancouver, it's him. This is this is a slam dunk, right? How how is this GM doing this? He's going out. He gets the best defenseman on the market, and he goes. It reminds me who did it. Was it Florida two years ago who did this? They went out and they got Giroux. They went out and they got Sherratt. Yeah, the two prime pieces going into the the playoff run. Those guys were dangling out there for everybody, and Florida nabbed them both. Wah 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 wah. It just didn't work out for them. Do you see a different fate for the Vancouver Canucks right now? Because right now, as it stands, if you put Elias Lindholm on the first line with Pedersen and Makiev, that's pretty good. Or you can slot him on the second line with Besser and Pius Suter. You can move JT Miller to the wing. You don't want to mess up the line that's on fire right now, the Bluger, Garland, Joshua, Dakota. So many possibilities with this team. It's dangerous, dangerous team. Yeah, and we talked the other day too about like what the price for Lindholm would be, just because he's come down a little bit from that you know stellar forty goal season a couple of years ago. But he's still a very good player, and and you don't need him to be the guy. You know what I mean? Like he's so good defensively and responsible in both ends of the ice. And if he's on the second power play unit and creating those like those matchup um, problems for the other teams, because yeah. you have three really good teams now. You've already got the elite goal scorers. You've already got the playmakers up front. You don't need him to like step up and be that guy. Just play your game quietly, and and most of your shifts are going to be against second and third pairing defensemen. So I think it's going to be great for them. Yeah, I, I don't see how this goes wrong. And you can tell he's not a guy who rocks the boat because he was playing with Kachuk. He's playing with Gaudreau. He just kept his mouth shut, and he went about his business, and he put up a quiet 90 points. You know what I mean? And he didn't complain or moan or this and that, but boy, oh, boy. Craig Conroy's doing pretty good. So far, he's turned pending UFA's. Tyler Toffoli, Nikita Zadorov, Elias Lindholm into Kuzmenko, the Sharangovich. You got the young kid on D-man. You got a first rounder. You got a bunch of other draft picks. He's doing pretty good. So far, so good for Craig Conroy. We'll see. He still has a couple more assets in the cookie jar that he can trade. But uh, I like early returns on his GM tenure has been solid for me. But we said that about Trevealing when he went and got Huberto and Kadri. And then it just blows up in his face. But all right. Anything else from that trade, Tim, or do you want to move on? Well, it's just the end of an era in Calgary now. He was kind of the last piece of, of, of their core that they had for, for several years with Johnny Gaudreau, Kachuk, Lindholm, Monaghan, Bennett, Giordano, Brody, all gone. All gone. And they don't really have they don't have an identity right now. Like they're not quite bad enough. They're not in rebuild. They're not like the Senators and the Sabres and the Ducks of the world. They're not good enough to compete just yet. Um, so they've got a lot to figure out. And if you're a Flames fan, like this is, this is the equivalent of 
Well, it's not, but Chara and Bergeron and, and Lucic and all those guys Gosh. being gone too. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not. Well, it, if you're a Flames fan, you might be emotional about it. That's my this point. This is maybe the equivalent of the Sedins and Bieksa and Burroughs because they never won. That, yeah. that would be a more kind of good uh, a good comparison there. Right. Orton and Marlowe and, yeah. Scott and Couture. Speaking of um, Sean Monaghan. He was dealt as well. We talked about how the Flames botched his ordeal when they just gave him to Montreal and a first-round pick because they wanted to get away from that contract. Lo and behold, he has found his game with the Montreal Canadiens. He's playing very, very good. And with Elias Lindholm gone, Monaghan was very, very, very highly coveted. The Jets didn't waste any time. Winnipeg, Winnipeg Jets got <laughs> Sean Monaghan for a first-round draft pick. Isn't that bunkers one year ago literally 12 months ago the calgary flames had to give someone a first round draft pick to get sean monahan now the montreal canadians are getting a first round draft pick for sean monahan so this is what the montreal canadians did they got a, a high-end ho hockey player from the calgary flames for free they got the calgary flames to give them a first rounder then they trade said high-end hockey player for a first rounder the Montreal Canadiens just got two first-rounders for free for three months of hockey from Sean Monaghan, where he played great. Isn't that astounding how that works out? Crazy. They're looking like geniuses right now. They Ken really Hughes. are. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And like, like you said, like in that interim where you had him on your roster, he played the best hockey he's played in four or five years. You know what I mean? So just really, really special for them. But for the Jets, this is a good piece for them. Like, obviously it's a pretty hefty price, but they needed the center depth and it was going quickly. It already wasn't a deep market for centers. And then all of a sudden you have Lindholm gone. What's left except Monaghan and uh, Adam Henrique. And then and it kind of falls off from there. So you get, you get Monaghan. He's going to add to their depth. Shifley's on the IR right now, but he's fine. He'll be back. That Shifley is your as your one C, and then you kind of fill out the rest. Probably Nemestikov is your two, Monahan is your three, Lowry as your four. Most likely, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's not Vancouver level, you know. It's it's not like some of the other teams, not uh, Edmonton or whatever, anything like that. But it's better, and I, I have to think that the Jets aren't done yet either. No, they're 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 going for it. Like they're they're all in, and you very rarely see this from Kevin Chevel day off. Usually he's, you know, dip his toe in free agency at the trademark market. He doesn't jeopardize the future. This is the first time I've really seen him go out and make a splash and say, This is our team. We have a chance. We have the best goaltender in the world. We have a solid decor with with an all-star in Josh Morrissey. And we have really, really good forwards. And we nailed it with the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. We got Connor. We got Ehlers. We got Velarde, who's going to be back. Hopefully, Shifley. They got a really good team, Tim. Can you add Sean Monaghan? Like you said, he's not going to be a main piece in this offense. But they need a depth. It's a pretty steep price to pay for depth, though. A first and a fourth, that's a, that's a lot to pay for a Sean Monaghan. But I think it's worth it. I think you nailed it. There wasn't a lot of sentiment on the market. And I someone really smart once said you win stanley cups down the middle and on the back end this helps them this helps them immensely down the middle isn't that, that must have Who been frank that? i think frank said that that sounds right frank Valley. he's a smart yeah. dude smart I mean, cat monahan you know he's he's got 35 points in 41 games so he's playing really well and again you might see that drop off because he's not going to get that number one line anymore um, but it's very defensively sound. He wins most of his faceoffs. And I, if you like the advanced stats, he's second in the league in poke checks. Oh, I don't know how much that. weight that carries, but like 
he's he's uh he's he's got some you know pop to his game so good good pickup for them he's, so he's got some the- pop to his game because he poke checks a lot i'm saying he adds other things besides getting on the net um and getting on the scoreboard and he's gonna start between rick bonus has already said he's starting between cole perfetti and nikolai ehlers like that's that's a pretty damn good line that's a great opportunity for him so yeah. Those two guys are fun to watch. I've been watching a few Jets games recently, and boy, oh boy, those two guys. Ehlers has always been creative, energetic. He's just a water bug out there. And that Cole Perfetti, that kid's solid. He's a good player, and he's lightning quick, and he's got some good hands on him. But, yeah, not a bad upgrade for Sean Monahan going to Ehlers and Perfetti. But, yeah, I don't think this vaults them into the category of the Vancouver Canucks just yet, right? I, th- I think when you look in the West – there's the Knights. You can't discount them. They're the reigning Stanley Cup champions. And you got the Vancouver Canucks. And then I'll throw in the Avalanches because you always throw the Avalanche in there, even though I don't know why. Best Those team three the are the creme de la creme. And then I think a step behind is the Edmonton. And then we go to Winnipeg. There's some good teams in the West, Tim. It's going to be fun. You had some criticism after the last episode saying, you know, Edmonton had only in the 16 game stretch had beaten all these bad teams, but there's something like, I don't have it in front of me, like 27 and four in their last 31 or whatever. And in the earlier stretch, and they've also had an eight win game stretch, you know, before the holidays too. And they beat all these good teams too. So this, this winning, it, it goes back longer than this 16 game win streak. So I think they're probably, I would pick Edmonton over the Jets um, right now. And that actually kind of lines up perfectly with our with our DoorDash quick hits here. So for a limited time, you can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code NATION25, all caps. Offer valid in Canada, subject to change, terms may apply. So let's talk about Edmonton real quick for a second. Really, my only, my main point here, the Jets just got better. The Canucks just got better. They were already up above you on the standings. What does Edmonton do here? Um, Chris Johnson from TSN said the Oilers would like to add an impact forward, obviously before the deadline. The two names that have been thrown out right now are Jordan Eberle, who obviously got his career start there, and Jake Gensel, who's a pending UFA. Penguins are not looking too good right now. They got to figure that out. Penguins have not decided yet what they want to do with Gensel. So, you know, if they want to resign him, obviously he comes off the market. But if he doesn't, he's going to, you know, require the King's ransom, obviously. He's just such a good goal scorer. And Seattle is still in the wild card race, so they, not, they not, might not be willing to deal Everly, but those are two guys that Edmonton is looking at right now. Yeah, um, Jake Genso, he was offered eight years, $8.5 million recently, and he's like, get that trash out of here. Imagine having that kind of confidence in yourself that you turned down $8.5 million for eight years, $68 million. Imagine that. That's wild stuff. So, yeah, he's obviously yeah. not – feeling Pittsburgh because that is a hometown discount for him. If he goes on the open market, he's going to garner 9 million plus. That's the type of player he is. Very under the radar superstar. Just scores casually 40 goals a year consistently. You know, that's just what he does. I know he plays with Crosby and he's getting that bumps. I like him as a goal scorer better than Alex Dabrinkit. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Everybody likes Dabrinkit. And I like Dabrinkit too, but I just think this Gensel kid, if he went to Edmonton, Dangerous. Danger, Will Robinson, this team would be so incredibly good. They could balance out their roster. They could separate Dreinsidel and McDavid. You could have Hyman, Kane, and McDavid. Then you could do Dreinsidel, the Nuge, and Gensel. Now, obviously, you're going to have some fancy footwork to do with the cap situation, not to mention 
what they'd have to do to give up because Edmonton doesn't have a ton of pieces, doesn't have like a ton of highly, highly touted prospects. But if they could make it work and it wouldn't be reported if they weren't considering it, that would just be, I think that would put them over the edge. Yeah, it would only be a one one year thing. They they could not afford to re-sign him to nine million dollars on that team when you're already paying McDavid, Dryinsidel, Hyman, Kane, the Nuge, Darnell Nurse, nine point two five, woof. So yeah, you uh you it would be a one year rental, then you would have to move on from him, but you would be having a Stanley Cup ring, you know, in constellation for that. But you'd have to give up a boatload to get him. But I, I don't think he goes there. It'd be fun if he did. It'd be very fun if he did. Yeah. Anything else, Tim? Uh, no, no, we, <laughs> we covered a lot. I feel like we were speed talking on that one. Well, we're, we're in a time crunch and we got to go, but anyways, everybody, you, I hope you have a good weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Catch you next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to dropping the gloves with John Scott, a member of the nation network of podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 